So great to have the whole church family together and we're believing that today is going to have a profound impact on your life. So why don't we just uh, open with a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you that on your agenda for this service and every service is miracles, healings, breakthroughs, encounters. Lord, we just know that's what you're going to do in this service today across all our campuses. So Holy Spirit, we, we know that you're a spirit of power. We know that the kingdom of God is not just words, but it's power. And so we are believing together that today in this service, you're going to break out and you're going to do some amazing things. So Spirit of God, would you come? Would you begin to move even now? Would you begin to heal even now? God, would you begin to touch your lives right now by your Spirit? Lord, we've not come to do a service. We've come to meet with you. We've come to be changed, transformed. Our lives revolutionized. And Lord, we know that's your calling card. Miracles, healings, breakthroughs. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Grab a seat. Well, many of you, most of you have heard about my amazing uh, visitations that I've experienced over the years, particularly when I was in India. And you've heard about how the reality of the person of the Holy Spirit has uh, profoundly impacted my life. But there's something else that God did that I don't talk about much. I want to talk about that a little bit uh, in this service. I was flying back, it was during, during the encounters and that, and then I was, I was flying back from uh, India to New Zealand, and I had a, had a book by Smith Wigglesworth on faith. I began to open the pages of this book. Now, Smith Wigglesworth, for those of you who don't know him, was one of the most powerful miracle workers, you know, raise the dead level guy that this nation has ever seen. And so he was also a man of uh, incredible faith. And so I had this book and I, I remember sitting on that plane and opening up the pages and then I'd start, start reading a page and all about how God builds faith in your life and um, how it comes through the word of God as well. So it was all around that stuff. And so I, I'd, I'd, re I'd start reading a page and I was absolutely in the grip of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, I was reading, I was like, oh my goodness. And I'd, I'd read, read a page, you know, say about a page like that. It, it would take me 40 minutes, maybe an hour, I don't know how long, to just get through a page. Because I found that almost every line, God, by the Spirit of God, was driving faith into my spirit. And I, I couldn't believe it. I've never had that experience. It was a profound supernatural encounter of this deposit of faith into my, my life that really would change me forever. Yeah. 
And so when you hear me make outrageous statements of what God's gonna do, that's where it comes from. When you have this deposit of faith, you don't have to stir up, you know, God's gonna do this, God, it's just there. It's just there. Because it's faith, there's, there's not a striving with it. Uh, you have to put your energy into it in terms of praying for it and keep believing for it, all the rest of it. And so I stuck with that book, reading it. I can't remember how long it was for, but I'd like to suggest four or five hours, something like that. And uh, as faith was just imparted by God. You know, the Corinthians 12, isn't it? it talks about the, the gift of faith. One of, the, one, of the, one of the anointings, you know, there's a, the ministries of the spirit. It's a spirit of faith. It's, a, it's, it's, it's called faith, however you term that. And I think something of that happened. It's not that, like it's there permanently there, but it just something God did so marvelously in my life. And for that, I'm, I'm so deeply grateful to God because at the end of the day, faith is the key uh, to whatever you want. It is how God works in our lives. And I think there's, there's two reasons that I can think of why God did this for me. Uh, number one is this, so I could impart faith into your life. Enough faith for you to get through any battle the enemy will throw at you. So that's one thing I can do. And I think God give it for me. I think the second reason God gave, did this in my life is that through that faith in my heart, I'd be able to raise up a powerful army of God's people who have sufficient faith to turn this nation back to Jesus. Faith is an amazing, amazing thing. When God listed his champions in Hebrews chapter 11, you know, you think of a champion for God, you, you tend to think, well, the number one quality would probably be their, their relationship with God, or it would be their, their uh, prayer life maybe, or fact that they live a holy life. There's none of that. God's champions are marked by one thing, faith. It's the Bible. It's not me saying that. That's what the Bible actually says. God's champions in Hebrews 11, because you read it through, you, do, you take some time to read, by faith, Moses, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Joseph, by faith, Daniel, you know, by faith, even Jephthah, all of them, by faith, Rahab. It was all by faith that they did these incredible things for God. So we can almost say that our greatest need is for an increase of faith in our lives. And uh, we need to, so that's why I preach on it today. And I, I believe, and I'm fairly confident, by the end of this service across our campuses, you will leave with a greater measure of faith in your spirit than when you walked in these doors because faith comes by hearing. You're gonna hear faith. It's gonna enter into your spirit and you may not feel it, but God will do something in your heart, in your spirit today. So get ready for an impartation and a deposit of faith because I believe that's what God is gonna do for us this morning. So Matthew 9, 29 says, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Faith is far more important than we realize. We kind of think, oh, well, yeah, I'd like a bit more faith. No, 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 faith's the key. Yeah. And it's something that we, we, we've got to wrestle for faith, I guess, in some ways all, all the time. Because faith is a trigger that releases divine power. 
And uh, the bridge, you might, some of you might need to note this, all right? The bridge between the presence of God and the power of God is faith. Now, take note of this. What happens to a lot of us is we get into a service, we get into a meeting, whether it's youth or kids, whatever, a small group, the presence of God comes. And we get really excited. Oh, God, oh, the presence is here. But nothing changes in your life. You don't leave healed. You don't leave with a breakthrough. You don't leave with a miracle. You, you, just, you just enjoy the presence of God. What you've got to do is when the presence comes, add faith. Yeah. That's the bridge. Presence, faith, power. If, without the faith, all you get is presence, and you don't get the power of God as well. So in, in, in our services, in our meetings, or whatever, whenever it is, whenever the presence comes, uh, and that's not the only time you're going to get the power of God, but, by the way, but it is something to really take note of. I think we get so busy enjoying the presence <laughs> that we kind of almost forget what is the presence for. Yeah. It's sometimes it's to do something powerful in our lives. So let's get that bridge going, add that faith. Now, faith is mentioned 239 times in the New Testament alone, 43 times in the Gospels. That's how prominent this whole element of faith is. And so if you, I get to travel around the world a little bit, fortunate, aren't I, to do that. If you go to Cambodia, you, the currency is reals, all right? These are reals. And then uh, if you go to Egypt, you need pounds, all right? No point in going to Egypt with New Zealand dollars. You can't get nothing, all right? Uh, maybe on the black market you might. If you go to India, uh, you need rupees, all right? That great, great nation of India. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest note, by the way. You would have probably noticed that. And if you're in New Zealand, you need these things Dollars, New Zealand dollars, all right? But what we need to understand that the currency of heaven is faith. So God has the biggest shopping mall in the world. And you can buy anything you want in his shopping mall. Whatever your need is today, you can buy it in God's shopping mall. But what you need is faith. That is the currency of heaven. And the great thing about that, that currency is that the poorest person, Christian on the planet, can buy as much as the richest person on the planet of the true treasures and the blessings of God because the gospel is a great equalizer and we're all on the same footing. You don't have to live in a flash house. All you need is a currency of faith and you can go shopping, baby. And you can buy just about anything you want. You can buy your miracle. You can buy your breakthrough. You can buy your healing. You can buy relationships restored. You can buy financial blessing, whatever it is. But you've got to have the currency. You've got to have faith. No point in taking any of this, folks. You might be a multimillionaire, but it's not going to do you much good in God's shopping mall. What you've got to go in is with the faith in your heart. And you can buy. You can you, you can go into the shopping mall of God and you can spend to the end. You can shop till you drop, all right? You can buy to the sky if you've got faith. That's what you need, folks. So let's believe God to increase the faith within our hearts and see how we're gonna begin to see much more of God's favor and blessing in our lives. You know, it's always interesting, isn't it? You actually don't have to be that intelligent. Tell the person next to you, lucky for you. 
You don't have to be that intelligent <coughs> to see the power of God and to have great faith. Because my Bible says in Acts that uh, Peter and John, they said they were ignorant and unlearned men who became two of the greatest apostles in the Bible. <coughs> you don't have to have a great education. You don't have to have the smarts. You don't have any of that. You just need faith. That's the currency of heaven. Every one of us can qualify to shop in God's shopping mall and spend to the end and buy everything that we can possibly get. You've heard me talk about Smith Wigglesworth who said, I've learned by personal experience, I can get more out of a moment of faith than I can get out of a month's yelling at God. See friends, it's not how much you pray. We gotta get this. It's not how much you pray. It's how much faith you pray with. Add faith. Someone who prays five minutes is gonna get someone more than a person who prays an hour with limited faith. So faith is a dimension we've got to add into our prayers. So if you add that faith dimension and expectancy, you'll start seeing a whole lot more answers to prayer. So a couple of Sundays ago, uh, you might, some of you might remember, I asked at the end of the service, who's been healed, who's had a miracle? Person up in the balcony, a lady stood up. She said she came in with real pain in, her heel, in, in this heel. And then uh, by the end of that service, Somewhere along the line, God healed it. The pain was gone. Another lady came up to me after that service. She didn't want to put her hand up. She said, my ear had been blocked, I think it was for four months during the service. God cleared it up completely. Just, just wonderful. And uh, that same person had back pain for many months as well, and the back pain was gone. Friends, start to expect a miracle. Start to expect a breakthrough right now. Expect it today. Expect it as I preach because I think this is what is on God's agenda to do. There was a small congregation in the foothills of the Great Smokies. And 10 days before the opening of their brand new building, the inspector came in and told the pastor they had to double the car parks before they could open, which was gonna be the following Sunday. And I assume they didn't need too many car parks, but they obviously needed to double however many there were. So the situation looked impossible because uh, the church building was up against this mountain. It's almost like, well, there's no way we can put more car parks up. But unfazed, the pastor called for a meeting with everybody who had mountain-moving faith. So of the 300 in the congregation, just a mere 24 turned up, uh, because it's less than 10% they turned up. And they just prayed that God would work a miracle um, in that situation. The end of the prayer meeting, the pastor, um, he said, we will open next Sunday. God has never failed us yet. Wow. That's amazing. Well, the next morning, a construction engineer turns up in the pastor's office and he says, um, he said to him, we need heaps of dirt fill. So would you sell us a chunk of your mountain? If you sell us a chunk of your mountain, we'll pay for the dirt to be moved and we'll pave all the exposed areas with car parks. Faith did its work. The mountain was moved and the church opened on the Sunday. Is there anyone here with some mountain moving faith in this place? Is there any faith beginning to rise in your heart, rise in your spirit? Friends, the miracles in the Bible are not just the stories that we can enjoy reading. They actually did happen. Some of the most amazing, incredible things you read in this book actually have the Red Sea did part. 
The fire did come down from heaven. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were unscathed in the fiery furnace. Peter did walk on water. The lame did walk, the blind did see, and the cripple did get up. cripples did get up. It's not just stories, not just fanciful stories. They happened in this book. We read about them, but they're happening today all across the globe. But it's time for them to happen right here in Church Unlimited, in Auckland, in New Zealand. And I believe, not only do I believe it, I know, I know we are going to see it more and more and more. So many of you know, last weekend we were in Omaru and uh, we had uh, preached in some churches in the morning. We had a combined churches meeting at night in the Opera House, which we just about packed out and take about 500, 550 people. It was fantastic. The presence of God was amazing. And so I, I said to them at the beginning, I said, look, folks, the end of the service I'm going to ask for you to tell, put, your, put up your hands and tell me who's had a miracle, who's had a breakthrough, who's been healed. So we got to the end of the service, and I said, okay, we've done our service, we've prayed for our breakthroughs. I said, if you've been healed, you need a, I want you to raise your hand, and you've got two words. You can tell me in two words. I don't want a story here. In two words, what has God done? So that night, this is what we heard about, and then we heard a couple more in the evening. So putting them all together... This is what happened in that one meeting in total. Six people had their knees healed. Three people had their backs healed. A 14-year-old came and told his pastor, he said, look, let them know that my back has been healed. When a 14-year-old tells you that, you know it's genuine. Uh, there was a shoulder healed. Two people felt the heat of the Holy Spirit. There was an unsaved girl there. She kept shaking her hands. What's this heat? What's this heat? <laughs> she couldn't get the heat off her hands. So God was uh, ministering to her as well. A person who was partially deaf in the air was completely healed. Friends, we're starting to get the deaf ears. We're, we're, we're on the journey here. We're not there yet, but we're on the way. Uh, and she said she was so excited because it was a testimony to her unsaved husband. Able to go home and say, my ear has been healed, honey. You need to believe Jesus as well. There's an 86-year-old had put up her hand and she said, look, my back, she said, my back has been healed. Afterwards, she went to a friend, she stood up straight. She said, look, my back is healed. She said, I can't wait to get back to the uh, rest home and tell everybody about my miracle. Amazing things were happening. Another person put up their hand and they said, uh, my attitude has been healed. Some of you need an attitude healing, I know, right now. Just tell the person next to you, he's talking about you right now. Yeah, he really is. You campuses do the same. I know there's a bit of attitude around as well. All right. But here's maybe the greatest miracle of all. One lady stood up and she said, my bitterness has gone. My bitterness has gone. So friends, there was just so many miracles and we're still expecting to hear a whole lot. So I don't know how many that comes to, but maybe somewhere around 20 miracles in that service, and that's nothing compared to what we are going to see. People, listen, will get out of wheelchairs. People will get out of wheelchairs. I feel God's spoken to me about that. So we're believing, we're gonna keep up, but I need your faith to join me. So friends, what I, I think the time is coming that we are going to have so much faith in our hearts and in our services and even outside of our services, that when a healing is needed or a miracle is needed, there's just going to be something in our heart that's going to say, oh, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to pray for the person, heal, 
You healed? Yeah, I'm healed. No big deal. Will barely be celebrating because it'll be so obvious. It'll be so, there'll just be an atmosphere of God's power that's going to saturate his church. And I don't think those days are that far away, friends. I mean, I'm starting to see it already. Uh, you know, it's just incredible what we're starting to see. So it's not going to be a striving. It's not going to be a struggling. And, uh, you know, one of my prayers that I'm praying, and I encourage you to pray this as well. I say, God, clothe me with miracles. Just clothe me with miracles. So where I go is just the miracle power of God. And uh, I encourage you to pray that as well. You do have to go after this. You know, you can't just assume it. You've you, you got to pursue it a bit. But this is on God's agenda. This is what God is doing right now. And it's available for every single one of us. So across campuses, I just know you're going to see more and more of God's power. I know a deaf ear. I heard of a deaf ear healed in Whangarei. Good on you, Don, team, Penny. Well done up there as well. Keep sending those. Send all these uh, uh, miracles through, these healings to prayer at churchunlimited.co.nz. And the, the, it's coming through. We're getting so many testimonies coming through, or more and more, but keep sending them in because they just inspire. They inspire everybody else. They inspire you, and they inspire me as well. All right, I've got to get quickly onto this. I want to give you five ways to increase your faith. Five ways. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write some of this stuff down, all right? But number one is very obvious, and that is you've got to develop your relationship with God. You see, for me, I'm going deeper in my relationship with God, then I can go higher with God's power. I don't want that without this. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It'll go to your head. You'll think you're a miracle worker. You'll think you're something when God says you're actually nothing. So you've got to go deeper in your walk with God. But the closer you get to God, the more faith uh, crops up in your heart as well. You, I'm going to repeat the story that some of you will remember about that boy who asked his father and said, what is, how, how big is God? What is the size of God? And the father saw a plane in the sky and he said, son, what's the size of that plane? And the boy said, well, it's very small. Then they went to the airport and uh, they saw a plane nearby and he asked his son, how big is the plane now? And the boy said, the son said, wow, dad, it's huge. The father said, God's size depends on how close or far you are from him. Listen, if you get close to God, he becomes massive. He becomes a miracle worker. He becomes powerful. He becomes the, the, the doer of the impossible. Because the, the closer you get to God, the greater he becomes, the more powerful he becomes. That's why David, he could look at Goliath and say, buddy, you're coming down, man, and I'm taking off your head today. It was like, there was no striving. David just knew it. But we know David was a man after God's own heart. He has relationship with the Lord. He was a worshiper, and his God became so big that when he faced a Goliath, he thought, well, this is chicken feed. Everyone else was running in terror because they hadn't developed their relationship with God. But David, he ran at the devil. He, he ran at, the, at Goliath, and, and he knew, he, he knew, he knew, this is the key, he knew he had the victory. It wasn't like, will, this, will I win this, or will I get this breakthrough, or will I get... No, no, he knew that he was going to get it. And God's going to shift us from hoping to knowing, yeah. you know, from kind of expecting to knowing. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big difference. They say, uh, I read the statement, the problem with many of us is we have no almighty God. In other words, what that means is that we, we know what God can do, all right? Yeah, we know God can heal the sick and raise the dead, all the rest of it, but... We've got to shift from knowing from what God can do 
to having a faith that he actually will do it. So it's, it's a big difference between knowing what God can do uh, and also but knowing what God will do and will do in your situation. Yeah, you all know he can break through for you, but you've got to get that faith says, no, I know he's going to do it. He will do this. You have no almighty God. It's time for us to have almighty God. So the first one was relationship with God. Daniel eleven thirty two. the people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Friend, listen, if you know God, you will have strength to handle anything that comes your way. Anything that comes your way. It's not a matter of your background or your upbringing or your self-esteem or you know, all that sort of stuff. It's how well you know God. So keep working on your relationship with God and your faith will grow and your God will become almighty. And not only can he do it, but you know he will do it in your life. All right, number two is the word of God. Very basic, this is not rocket science, but the issue is actually doing it. So Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. The devil will do everything in his power to keep you from this book, whether it's here or whether it's here, wherever it is. The devil will do everything in his power. He has got to stop you getting to the book because faith comes from the book. The more you read it, the more your faith will grow and increase and multiply. Every time that the, uh, uh, the devil attacked Jesus, he had one simple answer, Satan, it is written. Listen, buddy, it's written. And he would just go with the scriptures and the, he defeated the enemy every single time. But if you're gonna tell the devil what is written, you have to know what is written. You gotta be a student of the book. You gotta be a student. Uh, God's been giving me a phrase lately and some have heard me pray it. It's time to throw the book at the devil. And I just say, Satan, I just throw the book at you. I throw the word of God at you and it smashes you and it crushes you and it knocks you out. But you gotta know, the problem is too many Christians don't read the Bible and then when they want faith, they haven't got it. So I wanna suggest to you right now is start building your faith now. Don't wait till you hit the crisis. It's too late. It's too late, you'll get run down. Build your faith now so when the crisis comes, you're ready. When Goliath turns up, go ahead, Goliath, make my day. You just wipe him out if you've built your faith. Don't wait, folks. Don't wait until it's too late. Get into the Word of God, start reading it, and see what God will do in your life. Now, some of you are thinking, I'm not sure I can get into the Bible the way you say. Well, I'm gonna show you a little bit about that tonight. But here's a couple of suggestions for you. Number one is just start listening to God's word. You know, get, 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 get an app that just reads the Bible to you, okay? And just, just start, that's a good, good starting point. Just listen to, listen to the scriptures, all right? Or listen to find sermons, get a copy of this sermon. Just listen to it over and over and over again. You know, do it, do it while you're sleeping or do it while you're in your car or do it while you're watching whatever, but just have it going. That's not hard to do, is it? You know, it's just very simple things like that. Um, listen to um, songs on faith. You know, get, get download on your, if you've got Spotify or something like that, you know, you can get your favorites. Get all your faith songs. Come and get a list of 10 faith songs and just play them over and over and over. Because why? Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. You gotta hear it. You gotta hear it, folks. You gotta listen to faith. Listen, and it will grow and grow and grow and grow in your heart. And while you're doing all those other things, at the same time, just open your Bible as well and start reading it, okay? 
maybe only for about five minutes a day, 10 minutes, whatever, wherever you start, and then build it up to more and more and more. All right, number three, very simple. You'll like this one. Ask God to increase your faith. Luke 17, five, the apostle said to the Lord, increase my faith. So let's do it right now. Lord, increase my faith. You pray it for yourself. Come on, let's say it out loud together. Cross canvases. Lord, increase my faith. Guess what? God just heard that prayer. He just heard that prayer. There's some faith coming your way just because you prayed it. And then, uh, what's the other one? The next verse is, I believe. Mark 9, 24. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Come on, let's pray that one. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Guess what? God just heard that prayer. See, it's our problem. We don't think he hears our prayers. There's something in the Psalms that says, I pray because God hears my prayers. It's worth reflecting on that one in itself. Okay, number two. Number three, uh, four. Number four is know your authority. I'm gonna read you three verses and then I'll, we'll show you how to use those at some stage, all right? Luke 10, 19. I give you the authority, this is you folks, to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That verse is for you. So I put in there, I give Tark authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, etc. that nothing may by any means harm, hurt me. All right, James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I submit to God, I resist the devil, and he flees from me. You just personalize it, all right? Next one, Mark 16, 17, in my name, they will drive out demons. So in Jesus' name, Tark will drive out demons. Put your name in those verses. Develop your authority, all right? Begin to develop it. Last point is this, hear God's voice. Listen for God's voice. Why? Because when you hear from God, faith comes with it. So I said people are gonna get out of wheelchairs because I've heard, I've heard something. And so I'm believing, it's, it's well, not believing, I know. It's the day's coming, we're gonna, we're gonna see that kind of thing happen. In this, and it has to happen anyway. We all know it has to happen. If this nation got any chance of turning to Jesus, all this stuff has to happen. This ought to be given. I'm praying for the day when the miracle will be that there was no miracle. That's the day I'm praying for. So, but that day's not going to come because there's always going to be a miracle. Uh, but so, so you hear God's voice. Uh, voice uh, faith comes by hearing. So this 10-year-old girl, she said, I've heard that God's voice is faith promises for missions or something like that. And she said she put down $10,000. Well, the children's pastor went up to her and said, hey, honey, this is very good of you, but there's too many zeros. She says, there's not too many zeros. God spoke to me. So contact the parents, said, you parent, you better talk to this girl. We don't want her faith to be crashed because you put $10,000, you can't do it. Parents talked to her and she said, no, God's told me, $10,000. They thought, or mystified. So six months later, after she put down the faith promise, they receive a letter from a distant relative they didn't know. And the man had died, and so they got the copy of the will. In the will, he had left $10,000 to this little girl. She got to church, she got the check, she went to church saying, I told you, God had spoken to me. When you hear God's voice, faith comes. Without a good level of faith, folks, the Christian walk is really hard because there's too many battles, too many challenges, too many struggles. We end up exhausted. And God's got a better life for you than you are currently experiencing. He's got many, many blessings in store for you. And faith is the key to release those incredible blessings God has for you. But what we need to do is we need to dig the trenches 
to increase our faith. You've got to dig those trenches. What are those trenches? You've got to develop your relationship with God. You've got to listen to faith and read the Bible. Get that in there. Until you've got to develop your authority. You know, you've got to learn to hear, hear God's voice and, and build your faith. You've got to ask God to increase your faith and to help you with your unbelief. If you will dig the trenches of faith, and that's the challenge for you. And I've given you five ways. I could give you another five easily, but I don't want to overload you this today. But begin to dig those trenches because if we don't dig these trenches, if we don't increase our faith, there's a lid on how far we can go and how much we can experience God and his power in our lives. It's time to take the lid off our lives. It's time to dig the trench of faith with all your might. Because I'm telling you, it will be worth it. Your faith will increase. Your faith can move mountains. It's time to dig the trenches of faith. It's time for God to break out. It is time for your breakthrough, for your miracle, for your healing, for the answer to that prayer that you have prayed for many, many years in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Yeah. Well, thank you, campuses. Thank you for joining us. Get out that shovel, get out that spade and start digging the trenches of faith and watch the miracle power of God break out in your campus and then make sure you send us the testimonies in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Love you all. Enjoy the rest of your service.